This episode of Not All Podcasts Were Capes is sponsored by Shadow Boxes by James. Combining the love of arts and crafts with comic books and collecting, Shadow Boxes by James is the perfect gift for every fanboy and fangirl in your life. Visit shadowboxesbyjames.com and use the promo code NOTALLPODS, that's all one word, for 15% off your purchase today. Welcome to the sentient, multidimensional podcast that's power is determined by whether it is wearing boxers or briefs. This is Not All Podcasts, Wear Capes. Yeah, I think we'll leave it up to the uh, listeners to decide who, who's wearing what, see? <laughs> well, what kind of power do you have when you're wearing boxers? You get uh, like, you get, you get, oh, you get big, like, your hands grow really big, like Ms. Marvel and or that, or that. You know uh, what? Um, I'm not even going there, T. <laughs> I'll let and you just get that boom, 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 and you punch, right? And it's like that. Sure. What's that video? What's, sure, it, what's we'll, the name we'll of the band that. after that? That what's his name was in after Nirvana? The Foo Fighters. That Foo Fighters oh, Foo video Fighters. where he has the big hands. Yeah, yeah he's punching people with the big hands. Foo Fighters is a great band. That's what. That's the superpower you get when you're wearing boxers. And what superpower Sup- do you get when you're wearing briefs? Uh, Little hands and you become president. <laughs> I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. Um, All right. Uh, All right, T, on, on that note. Um, so what are we talking about today? The Strangest Podcast is going to be- talk about the strangest group of heroes that's not the X-Men. Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. Doom yeah, Patrol. Going with, with DC. When was the first for, for time you one? ever, like, when, when did... Doom Patrol get into your consciousness. When was like the first time? Did you ever you, you remember Doom Patrol from when you were a kid? Or I I never heard of Doom Patrol until the DC Universe uh, announced that they were doing this show for for their app that uh, that they were putting together. Really? So th- this is really new to me. I um yeah I have no backstory on it really other than just the show. And I mean I know the show's been out for a while, but it just came to HBO Max. And now that I have HBO Max, it's something that I was interested in watching. I know we mentioned it as being a show we were going to check out in quarantine. And, uh, yeah, I just wasn't really in the mood to pay for another streaming service with the DC app, even yeah, though yeah, the yeah. shows on there look interesting. But it's like, you know, everything is 7 bucks, 8 bucks. Yeah, there's a number of shows on the DC app I want to see. Right. I mean, we, we've been talking about Swamp Thing forever, um, Swamp which is actually Thing, supposed right? to come to, to Channel 11, I think, sometime this summer. Um, so, you know, when Channel that happens, 11, we'll like WPIX, yeah, I think local New York yeah. station. Yeah, I think it's supposed to Instead be on like HBO regular Max. TV. Yeah, which is kind of weird. But yeah, I, I think eventually that DC app is going to get faded away and all the, the content is going to be somewhere else because that, that Harley Quinn show that they're doing is supposed to be coming right, to HBO right, Max, right. I think next, either this month or next month. So, right, right. yeah, I was even you know, on and H- any new content, no, any new content that they're announcing is coming to HBO Max. Like they just announced they're doing a a Batman spin-off about the the Gotham City Police Department. Did you see that one, T? Right, right, right. Yeah, I was, I was So that that's that. one and then they're doing the Green Lantern show. Yeah, HBO Max. The um the other night, you know, I I I was about I didn't want to watch another episode of Doom Patrol cuz I was already in the second season and I was like, all right, and I watched a lot of it. So I was like, let me see what else they have on HBO Max. And I started watching the Superman three with Richard Pryor. Oh wow! And uh, Christopher Reeve and Richard Pryor. It was it. Was, and I was like, you know what? Let me watch this. Maybe it isn't as bad as I remember. Is it worse? It was as bad as I remember. <laughs> I figured. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was worse. Yeah, I gave that the comedic pause there. Comedic pause. But uh, yeah, like yeah, you know, listen. 
if it were just Marvel on a only a Marvel streaming service, I don't know that I would get it. I mean, maybe I would have to, right? I'd have to. The podcast, I'm a big fan. But the fact that it's on Disney Plus with Star Wars makes it a must-have. Right. The DC Universe doesn't have the kind of like, there's a, they put out a lot of good stuff and they put a lot a lot of crappy stuff. Um, but they, you know, it's not solo. It, it's just not good enough. But if it's combined with everything on HBO, then that's a must-have for me. Yeah, I I agree. Right? I mean, for for me, so I already pay for the Marvel Unlimited app where you know I get to read all the comics and all they have are right. just the comics. With the DC app, you get the comics and then you get the TV shows. And in that realm, the the, the TV shows interest interest me more than the the comic books, only because I'm reading so much stuff on the Marvel app that I just don't have time to read another, uh, you know, grab another app that I'm just reading stuff. I, I'd just be reading comics right, right, all day right, long. Right. Um, otherwise, I feel like I wouldn't be getting the, my money's worth. But yeah, when when they announced HBO Max and said Doom Patrol was coming to it, I'm like, this is perfect because this is one of the shows that I was really looking forward to watching. Last year, they they dropped an episode, for, the first episode for free on YouTube. So we we both watched right, it. Right, I watched that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we we both really liked it. So we were debating on what we were gonna do if we wanted to each get to get a membership just to watch the show or do a seven day free trial that they offer and see if we can knock it out. But um, but we never did, and then it it worked out because now it's on HBO Max, and we're both all caught up now. So yeah, and I don't even know why I have HBO Max really. It just like it appeared on my Apple TV, and I had it. So, yeah. I mean, I have HBO now. So do I get HBO now because I have HBO Max? Or I is think it that's something... how it works, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I just uh, It just appeared on my thing, and I was like, all, all right, let me, let, me, uh, let me start watching. What else did we watch on HBO Max? It's just this so far. Doom, Doom Patrol is the only thing that I've watched on there. So uh, I watched right, Dr. Right. Sleep the other day. That, uh... Oh, Kate, Kate and I started Dr. Sleep last night, and we got halfway through. Oh my gosh! When the the thing when he's there and then the the woman he slept with is dead with her kid and she's like they haven't found us yet. That got me. Oh my god, man! I had to. St I stopped it and I went and I looked at the baby monitor for my son. Yeah, it's it's, it's rough. <laughs> it, that was that was like I'm I'm like right now I got goosebumps. See, yeah. See, if you that. didn't see the I whole mean, thing, I don't want to mention anything because there, there's another scene with with. with with the young boy yeah i don't want to i don't want to spoil anything halfway i just got to the part where he meets uh uh the young the young woman who's the super powerful one who's who he's been talking to through the the chalkboard right um uh uh abra right oh we could do a whole episode on that because i really like it but you you haven't seen the original shining no i never saw the shining shaming you i know in public right now you That's have all right. to go watch. You have to go watch the original Shining tonight. You, you know tonight, what? You I it that. was on Netflix for a while, and I'm like, oh, I'll just check it out. And the next thing I know, it's gone. Same thing with it, like it's there somewhere. It's there somewhere. Same thing with like Pan's Labyrinth. I feel like every time I go to watch it, it's off a streaming service. Pan's Labyrinth, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, no doubt. Not I don't consider it the greatest movie of all time, but it's the greatest movie for me. What top five up there with Empire Strikes Back? Greatest movie for me of all time. Wow, that that's high praise. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I no, I great. know perfect, perfect, perfect film, perfect film. I, I know it's one of those movies because it's subtitled, so I know I I gotta watch it and pay attention, do the reading. So it's just like at nine o'clock, 
do I have that energy in me or is it just, hey, I'm going to put on something that's kind of mindless that I don't really have to pay too much attention to and, and get by with just, and enough, you know, you I, know? I, I, ta- I taught Pan's Labyrinth. I, I was teaching Pan's Labyrinth in terms of like three act story structure to, to my, to my um, media arts class. And I'm, I was teaching three act story structure and journey of the hero because it follows all the beats and the kind of dual structure of it, because there's, there's, there's two characters that it follows. It follows the little girl in her fantasy world. And then it follows, an older woman like in her 30s or 20s and her 30s who's like part of um, uh, the rebels in the Spanish Revolution um, and um, and it's just really great story it's just it's just spot on great storytelling so I've seen it so many times and I just know enough Spanish I still use subtitles but I know enough Spanish to really get the acting like the line delivery you know what I mean so it's like the impactful line delivery I, I just it's just my my uh, my uh, one of my favorite. It's like the top five, my top five films of all time. You know what? I'll um, I'll watch it soon, and for the next podcast, we'll do like a, a fifteen minute timer on it or something. Oh yeah, 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 no doubt, no doubt. But all yeah, right, so but Doom Patrol, we got to yeah, we're, we're we gotta get back to Yeah, we're off topic. let's get okay, back to it. Okay, so so let's start from scratch. Doom Patrol. Doom all right, Patrol. So, wait, be, before you do that, just just so everybody knows, so we're gonna be talking about season one, and at this point, right. the first five episodes of season two. So they're coming out. They're coming out weekly now. So there's there's no new episodes right now. So that's where we are in terms of the story. And then we're gonna actually talk about the history of the, the Doom Patrol. And T's gonna talk about some of the comics that he was reading. So right, just so everybody kind of right. knows and, what, and what we're know, gonna talk about. And and there's gonna be there's gonna be light spoilers because we have to talk about certain characters. But I gotta tell you, I don't think there's really spoilers because so much happens in Doom Patrol every episode. That there's really spoilers because if you're going to say the evangelical cockroach grows to the size of King Kong and starts trancing down the street, I mean that's it's it's like there's just so much crazy crap that happens every episode. There's no there's no such thing as spoilers with Doom Patrol, really. Yeah, I mean there there's I think one major one um, regarding the chief and and and. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, we won't we won't talk about yeah. that. We won't talk about that. Yeah. But um all right, so Doom Patrol yeah, the that team premiered in 1963 in the DC um comic book called My Greatest Adventure. I think it was issue 80. Um yeah, issue 80 of My Greatest Adventure. What a, what a name for Oh, you only get away with that kind, those kind of like uh, names in the '60s, right? For a comic book, my greatest adventure, and it was like an anthology series, so you get all kinds of different kind of crazy stories in there. Yeah, but and they they were it, created by Arnold Drake and Bob Haney, and the artist was Bruno. I guess his last name is Premiani. So those are the guys who who came up with this concept, and uh, the original characters T were the Chief, Robot Man, right. Elastigirl, and Negative Man. Right, those were like the main ones. Right, right. So the Chief. Is super smart guy in a wheelchair. Charles Xavier. Robot man. Yeah, right, right. We'll get, <laughs> we're going to get to that. Robot man. Colossus. Race car driver. Died in a car accident. His only thing to survive is his brain. So they took his brain and they put him in a robot body. Right? Yep. Negative man. He was a experimental test pilot who... Um, went up into the stratosphere and was hit by some crazy energy force 
and that there's this like secondary being inside his body that jumps out of his body and flies around like the speed of light and can do crazy stuff and then jumps back in his body. And he's yep. covered in bandages like... Um, he looks like the Invisible uh, the, Man, really. Right, 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 right. And then there is... Rita Farr. Elastigirl. The Elastigirl, yep. Rita Farr, the Elastigirl, right? Is it Elastigirl or Elastigwoman? Everybody no, was it's girl. Elastigirl. It was Elastigirl. Again, yep. they, you know, they, they couldn't say the word woman in the 60s. And uh, she has stretchy powers like Mr. Fantastic, but she also has like Ant-Man and Adam powers where she could grow really big or grow really small. So she had like... Um, you know, she she's more in line with like Miss Marvel, T. Right, 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 right. She's more in line with Miss Marvel, right, right. So those were the Or should we say Miss Marvel's more in line with her? And and so here it is. Let's get to the Let's cut to the chase about the real, you know, the the controversy that's followed Doom Patrol the entire, since its inception, right? So you have those four characters, right? And Doom Patrol, their greatest enemy team is the Brotherhood of Evil. Their leader is in a wheelchair, right? And Doom Patrol premieres three months before X-99. And don't forget, they all live together in kind of like a schoolish, right? Yeah, What's Doom Manor. Doom Manor. Doom Manor, right? Doom, right. Like ex, yeah, like Xavier's Mansion, right? They like yep. Doom Manor. It's a, right. So the question is, and there's a thousand videos on YouTube about it, is was the X-Men a ripoff of Doom Patrol? Right. That, that's interesting. It's the, the chicken and egg over here, right? Which, which came first? I mean, there's too many similarities. So now three months wasn't enough time. Three months wasn't enough time for Stanley to go to the stands, pick up Doom Patrol in the My Greatest Adventure 80, read it, run back, and say, oh, we got to get this into production and hit the stands. But it's not three months isn't enough time. From writing to script to getting to the printers to everything, right? And laying the whole layout process, three weeks isn't enough time. Or three months isn't enough time. So, so what people are saying is with the, what the, with the general consensus is is that at that time in the 1960s everybody knew everybody people were jumping back and forth between uh dc and marvel ideas right. were being thrown around artists were doing like you know we talked about jack kirby he does you know he does the new gods at dc but then he does the eternals in marvel and they're kind of the same and there's parallels and there's this and there's that so there's all kind of like you know that you know uh, aquaman versus submariner submariner came first and then there's like you know um swamp thing or man thing and it turns out they were written at the same time but they were both copying off of something else right, right. so there's just kind of all this craziness and here's and and then there's something I, I saw uh, you know a lot of people were bringing up too. I don't yes was X Men informed by Doom Patrol? You, you got to say yes. Of course they were. Stanley was talking to them. Stanley's gonna like cranks out stories like crazy and got that heard about it. What they were doing and it's like instead of the strangest heroes of all time, it was the strangest uh, characters of all time or whatever the the tagline was for right. for. But what I think is not that X-Men necessarily are copies of the Doom Patrol. I think the Doom Patrol are copies of the Fantastic Four. 
Yeah, I, I I think so. I mean, you have someone who can stretch. You have uh, your hotshot pilot, right? And right, he right. actually hotshot gets pilot, his powers right. through through a, a cosmic ray. Right, 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 so, right, right. So, so what's Reed Richards' real power? Like who super cares smart. if Reed Richards? Yeah, who cares if Reed, Reed Richards could lose his stretch powers and nothing would happen? He would still be the most important character in the Marvel universe because. He is, you know, he's smarter than Tony Stark, right? right? He's the smartest person in the Marvel Universe, right? So that's his superpower. Who has that superpower in Doom Patrol? The Chief. Well, Chief, yeah. Right? The Chief is that super, super smart, right? Then you have Cliff Steele, big, strong, orange guy. Oh, the, the thing. thing. Yep, I didn't even realize that, yeah. Cliff, Cliff, Cliff Steele, Ben Grimm, the thing, yep. right? And you know what? And you, you do see how, how like, I, I was about to say Brandon Ruth, um, Oh, Brendan Fraser? Brendan Fraser. I'm sorry. Yeah. Listen, I'm old man. I'm blizzard. Uh Brendan Fraser's characterization of of Robot Man in in uh in uh in the show in, um in the show is very much what you know Ben Grimm you know with jokes and this and this and maybe he's a little bit more cursy and all that stuff than Ben Grimm, but he's Ben Grimm, strong guy, can punch through a wall, right? Then you have like Negative Man. He doesn't flame on, but he drops to the ground. But this like energy flame Lightning. kind of thing yep. goes around and fl- flies around this negative energy thing flies around and then you have the you know another uh, the, the uh, token female character that they always had which but you know what what i appreciated was that she was a lot more active in doom patrol in the beginning but she had instead of invisibility powers like sue richards she had reed richards stretchy powers right but she I think she was, you know, and, and mind you, it, it, the, the Doom Patrol was by no stretch of the imagination a woke comic book in 1963. But I liked it that the, the the first six issues that I read, I don't recall her ever being the damsel in distress. She was actually like one of the people who were saving the day most of the time. It was either, I remember Robot Man being needing saved. I remember Negative Man being needed saved, but I don't remember Rita Far needing saved. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. so, so that what, was. What did you was, actually read? T? You read the first six original I issues. I read. Yeah, I read uh, My Greatest Adventure. I forget if I read eighty-five or eighty-six. And you know what? It's par for course. You know, comic books at that time. Everybody's very plain. One of the things about my, you know, again, Doom Patrol that's similar to the X-Men, is the idea that they were outcasts. Now, that I don't feel that was played up in the original adventure. They would say, oh, we're outcasts. But at the beginning of everything, people are like, oh, wow, it's Doom Patrol. Great. Let's throw them a party. And then they would be like, oh, we're, we're being, a, they're throwing a party for us, but we're still outsiders. And they would, you know, say it, not show it, right? And everybody seemed to like Doom Patrol. The, the, the yeah, and, and that carries in the show, too. It doesn't seem like they're, they're much of an outcast either. Like, uh, but aside we never from like see normal people, you know, not really. But I mean, they're they're walking around. There's people around. It's not like anybody's scared of Robot Man or anything like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Larry Trainer, you know, wrapped up like the Invisible Man could just walk into a bar and people are like, "Oh, hi." They're they're kind of shocked, yeah. but they're not like. But they they live in a world where they're superheroes, right? They're like the entire DC universe is 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 there, right? And people, it, it seems like everybody in that reality except that they're superheroes there. But anyway, so my greatest adventure, it was it was um it was really good. And but it, I mean I mean and let me not say really good, but it was for the comic book at the time it was that. And if like, you know, 
you know, when I was, you know, 12 or 13 years old reading this, I'd be interested, you know, and the art wasn't terrible, but it was very much art of the time, you know, stock art, stock comic book art from the time. Right. You know, it wasn't like this great, great illustration, but I liked it. I enjoyed it and very nostalgic. It had the same kind of art that like uh, Legion of Superheroes in the 60s or any Wayne Boring Superman comic you would pick up. It has that kind of art. So it's very much comic art of its day. Right. All right, cool. So that's enough on, on the, the the history with the comics and everything. So, so well, T, well, you, well, oh, you, there's more you so want to go to? to, to well, yeah, well, well All right, good, so good. we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about the show, right? Right. So the show isn't necessarily based on that. Or, you know, it, My Greatest Adventure turned into Doom Patrol with like issue 86 or 87, I forget. But it's the Doom Patrol series isn't based on that. The Doom Patrol's primary influence, the show, is on the, 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 the Grant Morrison run from the, the late 80s. Uh, when, did, when did Grant Morrison start? Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol. Now, did you read the Grant Morrison one? No. And, 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 you know, I watched a lot of YouTube videos on it. And here's the thing. And, I, and I, Grant Morrison is hit or miss. Some of the stuff of Grant Morrison, I, I, I can't read it. But some of his stuff is brilliant. I mean, All-Star Superman. Arguably, you know, that run, that, that what was it, uh, 12 issues of Grant Morrison's Superman. Arguably the greatest Superman story ever told. I liked his run on on the X-Men. And, okay. um, and he, and, you know, uh, so there's a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of really good stuff that, you know, Grant Did, Morrison He's supposed did. to have like a really good Green Lantern run, right? Right, right. But but um, here's the thing. I started looking at some of the art from the Grant Morrison run. I didn't like the art, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and dog the art. But it's just very much that like slot. It was it's like it was in like late '80s that it started, or or uh, early '90s. But it was just you know, it, 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 comic books have to have both writing and art. Like when Grant Morrison has as um, Frank quietly. Drawing for him, I love it. Yeah, those those issues of Batman where where um, Dick Grayson was Brad, Batman and he Grant Morrison was writing it and had Frank Quietly. I'll read anything of Grant Morrison when it has Frank Quietly drawing it. But like, but like it was just like, uh, I couldn't. I couldn't I, it's just you know. So it's, it's, I hate '90s comic book art. I mean, there's a lot of great comics and great comic book art from the '90s, but most of it it was just they were the Rob Liefeld stuff. Uh, Rob Liefeld, uh, you know, and and I don't feel bad, but Li Rob Liefeld has become the come the lightning rod for all bad '90s comic book art. You know, yeah. If if you guys don't know who Rob Liefeld is, he actually created Deadpool. Yeah, that that's like his his big. Uh, yeah. I guess the, probably the biggest character he created, right? Right, right. He's just he. It seems like he's not he's not carrying himself around uh, with grace in uh, within everything going on, but. Grant, what Grant Morrison's run, and I didn't read it, but what was said was that just the writing was really good, and it kind of uh, brought this kind of surrealist component to the Doom Patrol. When it, in the 1960s, they were just like a traditional superhero team, they turned into this kind of off the wall meta comic book with uh, just, just surrealist Dada kind of, you know, influ art influence. And surrealism and Dada, I don't know if I could get into, you know, art history or whatever, but, um, you know, for, for, 
those of you who aren't familiar. It's just really like trippy ass art stuff and from the you know early 20th yeah. century and um, uh, you know Salvador Dali and the likes, um, you know Buñuel and um, uh, but anyway, so so it, it, it was just very conceptual writing and everything was interdimensional and everything was kind of going crazy and they really kind of took all that. So a lot of what goes on in the current uh, the, the Doom Patrol show is taken from that Grant Morrison. Yeah, and he, he created two of the characters, um, right. Crazy Jane and right. Danny the Street, which is the most bizarre character I think you can ever put on TV. <laughs> and it works for this show. I mean, this show is out there. It's bananas. It's it's great. It's it's really entertaining, and it's it's definitely worth your time. I think, um, yeah, hundred percent. Danny the Street is a gender queer, sentient street, an actual street, a paved street with buildings and this little kind of cabaret and shops live there and and when you go onto the street he kind of communicates in like signage on yeah i thought that was really really well done yeah yeah and it's just a really it's a really it's a really great character and and like people who don't fit in anywhere else or feel like that you know there's not really a place for them they go over to danny the street and they're able to to be there themselves yeah 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 be themselves and and i think it's um i think i think it's great i think the except for one kind of thing I'll complain about later. Um, it's a very diverse and open show. Um, you know, uh, Crazy Jane is Latinx, and it's really not. Uh, you know, it's not. It's not a thing. Like you know, they're not like, oh, she's Latinx. She can dance the salsa or something. No, it's just her. It's hers. That's her. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like, uh, it's not a thing. I think it's kind of said once in passing, but it doesn't define her character. Um, they really yeah, kind the, the of, actress they, they, playing her a, is great too. That Diane Guerrero, right. she was on uh, Orange is the New Black. Right. So see, I, I think maybe the, the best thing to do is go do a, a brief introduction character by character. Like Crazy Jane... Uh, has 64 personalities and right. the the actress just switches from all these personalities uh like at, at a on a whim basically to to fit whatever situation is going on and the these characters they, they range there's there's one hammerhead who's is just off the walls like cursing yelling and screaming come over beat you up kind of thing then there's another character baby doll who's essentially like what a 10 year old girl would you say t right you know and, and, and she, there's 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 a psychiatrist yeah there's, there, there's uh there's i mean there's 64 little, of them, uh, right there's a little dickensian beggar kid you know it's uh so it's, the thing is with crazy jane um i didn't i wasn't on board in the beginning because i didn't understand what the changes were and it felt like it felt like a random character. And sometimes, I, I, in general, I get lost in Doom Patrol the series because I'm like, it's getting a little random right now. You got to got to reel it back in. You got to reel it back in for me. And I didn't like Crazy Jane until I got until they did her episode wrapped around really what the structure of it was. You know what I mean? That I understood that they have this underground where all yeah. her 64 personalities were. And that episode where, and it was, it's directly from the Grant Morrison run. 
where Cliff Steele, like Negative Man, takes uh, Larry Trainer, Negative Man takes Cliff Steele, Robot Man, and he they put him in his her mind, and you get to see uh, a Brendan Fraser like getting to be himself. You know, I really appreciate those scenes where I actually get to see Brendan Fraser. Yeah, Br- Brendan Fraser, he he's another one. He he's great on this show. So he plays Robot Man. We were talking about this right. before. Um, Brendan Fraser, Brendan Fraser yeah, he, from the uh, the Mummy films from right. the nineties, right? Yeah, he does a great job. Uh, yeah, he was out of Hollywood for a while. He um, he suffered some some uh, Hollywood abuse. We won't get into that. I think he had some health problems, and it's and it's um it's really great for him uh, to see him back uh, working. I I really always I always enjoyed you know Brendan Fraser, and it's it's good to see him back working. Yeah, now is it him in the suit? T I I don't know. I know we were talking about this before. I yeah, I, I'm, I wonder because you know what, Mandalorian. They started shooting before they casted, uh, before they cast um, uh, the Red Viper. You know, yeah. and uh, and and I'm wondering if there are certain times that they're not. They didn't. They had not. Like like sometimes maybe it maybe if Brendan Fraser still has health problems or something like that, they could just have somebody have else. The other guy in it. He could just do voiceover. It would be very easy to do that. Yeah. Because a robot's man suit is very clunky and bulky and it's very difficult to move around. And so there's that. There's Larry Trainer. Um, right, we went Larry through him Trainer, before. Went negative through his description man, right, before. Yeah, yep. right, right. But so, so they expanded his character here. And it, then, then from what I saw in the original episodes and issues of the comic book, and it's a little different than in the Grant Morrison run. The Grant Morrison run, I think something strange happened where it was where it was negative man and negative woman were combined and another character. And it was like this kind of weird thing going on, but they kind of stripped the character, brought kind of the character back to its roots. He's a gay and it's, it's just like this really good. He's, he's a, he's a great character. I, yeah. You know, I, I was thinking back, today, like who's, who's the most interesting character on the show. And I, I think it's actually him. Yeah. I, and you know, but you, or, or, um, Rita Farr. She's Elastigirl. really good too. I don't hate. Yeah, saying, I hate saying Elastigirl. I'm just saying, yeah, let's just say Rita Farr. Rita Farr. She's a Hollywood actress of the 90s, and they're all like immortal, right? They're all right. like or very long extended lives, right? They're very long extended lives. So Larry uh, Rita Farr was an actress in the in the 40s, and that's when she got her superpower on set, where she, you know, she was being like an awful human being, and then she she fell in a you know, being a terrible diva star, and then she fell into this water, and then she started to melt. And that, that her character, Rita Farr's character, one in the comic book, she was like, "I can grow big, I can grow small, I can stretch, and I have complete control of my powers." In the in the in the show, it's not it's that really at all. tragic. Yeah. yeah, it's really true. And oh, they're all completely tragic. And this is really good. They're oh, they're all they're all a group of Ben Grimm's, right? Right. Where they really lean into this, like I've become a monster. Right. Except, except worse, really. Right, right, right. You know, and it's not just that they become monsters. They go back and they look at how horrible of people they were before they got their powers. Right? How Rita Farr was just completely selfish and interested in her career. Same Ho- thing with Hollywood Diva, anything to Hollywood get ahead, Diva. kind of thing. Yeah, Larry Trainer, who you know, he was you know he he was in a very difficult position, right? Because he's a He's a gay man in the 1950s who's a test pilot in this completely machismo, like, I'm supposed to be the perfect 1950s right. male with a however. And then, um, 
and then he had you know he had he, his secret affairs with men and then and then he was that struggle about it but then he what he cared about the most though was his his piloting more than his family right. more than his lover it was his 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 career and his, that that kind of thing so yep. um and he left people by the wayside with that and and of course Brendan Fraser's race car was just like some like you know the worst NASCAR kind of guy you could <laughs> imagine right oh so, yeah you know, yeah. you know, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, having an affair with the nanny and all this kind of stuff. You know, right? Just the, the the you know the worst the worst dude. Um, yeah. But they're all all three of them are really compelling characters right off the bat. And I'm gonna say something. Wow, I love the costuming on Rita Farr. She looks great. Every oh yeah, she time. she looks like the she costume. walked off the set in the 1950s. Still, oh my gosh, and it's it is like flawless. It's like that. It's a, it's a really like at the quality of like uh, the. I don't know if anybody out there watches Ms. Maisel. Uh, our audience watches, but I like uh, uh, the marvelous Ms. Maisel, and it has this like perfect 1960s like costuming and style. And she is always like pow. It's like she's wearing the coolest outfits, and she's it's really cool. She looks great. She looks great. It's and it's really, so it's funny, like, uh, you know, watching the early episodes, I'm looking at, at the actress and I'm like, I know her from somewhere, but I couldn't picture it. She was on Two and a Half Men as as Alan's wife, um, Candy, if anybody ever watched Two and a Half Men. And she plays like a totally different, um, you know, she plays like a stereotypical, like pretty bimbo on that show. Yeah, and yeah. here she's playing like now she's 20 years older than she was back then, really. And uh, it's just it's just so funny to see her in, in this kind of role, like almost the mom now, you know. And, and she's a great actress, and you yeah. know how tough that is to do when the two people, the two people you're talking to the most in this show, is a guy in a robot mask and another guy who's wrapped in bandages, and she has the she her she has the job to kind of it's like um, Mark Hamill in Empire Strikes Back, you know. Everybody's like, oh, what Yoda's such a great character. And, you know, Yoda's a great character. Frank Oz, everything is beautiful. But you know what? You, you need know the performance that, to react to it. The performance of my Mark Hamill to go and take that fucking Yoda puppet seriously. And we all did because Mark Hamill did. And we take these other people seriously because... What's the actress's name? I'm sorry. I a- April Bowlby. A- April, April Bowlby. Bowlby, yeah. Bowlby, yeah. What what a what a great what a great job. What a great job. I love it. Love it. She she actually I think she's the best character. I think she's the best character. Because I, but one because I could see her emote and everything like that. Um she's really good I'm, too. I I'm liking Crazy Jane more and more because I get it. You know, the, I, I'm I'm brought in and I'm understanding it more, you know, and they're really kind of getting into the um, you know the psychology. I think I think her and Brendan Fraser are putting together the best performances on the show. And then I, I think Larry Trainer is just the most interesting character. Yeah. yeah that's what I think. Yeah, yeah, Larry. But, yeah. And it's just like that invisible man look and the, you know, and the, the costume design is great. Yeah, he, he just looks really cool. And, uh, and, and you know what? We have, uh, we got a message uh, from... Um, Wait, be, before we do that, T, there's yeah. one character we haven't even talked about yet. Um, so it shows you how interesting he is. And... He's the biggest name character in this show, Cyborg. Cyborg. Yeah. This is this is what because I'm saying. All right, this is a very very uh, inclusive show that what that we're doing with LGBTQ community, um, all this. 
But you know what? I mean, they, they saw it and they didn't really have any black characters. And they brought in Cyborg. And I like Cyborg as a character. I think I think this kid was miscast as Cyborg because this isn't the Cyborg I know. And here's my, here's my issue. There were other black characters in Doom Patrol that they could have brought in. Here's my problem. Cyborg was never in Doom Patrol. Okay, I was going to ask you that if he was part of it. I know Cyborg he's part of the was Teen never Titans. In Cyborg was never in Justice League, and it pissed me off that he was in Justice League. And they have a Teen... And I never... I, I'd watch the Teen Titans show. I love the Teen Titans, that that version of Teen Titans where Robin was there, the leader, and they brought in Cyborg and Starfire and Beast Boy. Beast Boy from Teen Titans was a member of Doom Patrol. Here's the problem. DC has a problem. There's not enough black heroes to go around. Why does it have to always be Cyborg? Why? And it shows. What's the problem with Justice League? The problem with the Justice League from all this time is, you know, what do they have? Black Lightning? And he quit the team? I mean, there's very few. There was, there's not enough DC heroes to go around, and they need to take care of that. And Cyborg, this great character can't be the guy that they put in every show. They can't make him join every team. Why? Because he's kind of like Tony Stark, you know. I, you know, it's there's this great thing with his relationship with his father, and there's you know, and and I began to like, you know, I I I began to like the character and what they're doing with it. But it just this isn't the this isn't cyborg. It's almost like another character. In conclusion, there need to be more black heroes in DC comic books. Um, and I'm not familiar with, uh, but Doom Patrol had. Uh, other than that, Doom Patrol has great diversity. Doom, Doom Patrol has great diversity. Yeah, and part of the problem with Cyborg, like, I don't find him that interesting on the show. Yeah. I, in the yeah. very beginning, I didn't. I think what they're doing, with the, the actor has grown into the character, so I've, I, I'm, I'm more comfortable with it, and it's, and it's a different thing, and I really liked, you know, uh, this thing, uh, what they're doing, and I kind of in the season two, he, he his has relationship a love with the woman, yeah, 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 yeah. So they they give him a love interest, no spoilers. Um, so I like it, and I'm beginning to like it, but he's kind of like growing into the character. But Cyborg is big, and this guy feels like he's my height. I'm you know, I'm <laughs> five four three quarter inches. You know what I mean? I'm not you know I'm not the tallest guy on earth uh, by any stretch of the imagination. So he felt like he's my size, you know, and he's like, yeah. I'm the young kid who's the hero. And they talk about just, but he's Teen Titans. Where's my Teen Titans movie? Right. Well, they have Where's a Titan show, right? He should be yeah, on there, yeah, yeah. you know, Yeah, yeah. which they, I don't know if he is or not. I haven't seen. You know, Titans, they they should have had Beast Boy and or, um, you know, or, or like a more if they wanted a more diverse cast, there were other people in Doom Patrol. But Beast Boy, I know, is, is in the Titan show. I do know that. So maybe they didn't want to have him in both, but 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 they have cyborg and everything. Yeah, I guess I would, you, you're you know, proving your I, point. I, yeah, they have cyborg and everything, but uh, you know, DC needs more black heroes. Um, shout outs, shout outs to Alan Tudyk though as Mister Nobody. Oh, he, great! He, I love Alan <laughs> Tudyk. K two SO from uh, Rogue One. Uh, what's his? I mean, I forget his character's name in, in Firefly. Oh, um, yeah, you, uh, that's, you're making me blank on it now. Yeah, uh, I mean, I've watched a few ep issue, uh, episodes of Firefly, and I and I liked it, but you know, it's like, what's his name? You know, what's his name? I'm trying to be Han Solo. Uh, so I know I'm I, Nathan Fillion. Yeah, Nathan Fillion. Yeah, and seriously, like, if you are into Firefly, 
you are into Firefly. If you're a brown coat, they call them brown coats, right? Yep. I, I know just being like, ah, oh, he's all right. I know the brown coats are angry. Please, brown coats, don't be angry with me. <laughs> yeah, come after tea. I, I, I enjoyed what the episodes that I watched. I enjoyed them. Yeah. But all right. So so here, there's another big part of of uh, like the, the zeitgeist of this Doom Patrol uh, uh, show. And we have a recording here, a uh, message that left uh, by a friend of the show, Denzel. Hey, guys. Denzel here. Excelsior to all your listeners. When you guys cover the Doom Patrol, it would be awesome if you talked about the mental health themes the show addresses. Grant Morrison's run on the comic, which I loved, brought that dimension to its characters. It made them more fully realized, tangible human beings, you know? The idea that superheroes need therapy, counseling, or medication can be very impactful for the audience. It was for me. Heroes having to confront loss, trauma, and depression in this way is something relatively new for for the superhero genre. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I, I really love that episode. Anthony, I really love that episode where they were sitting down and they just kind of did, did this kind of yeah, the, um, group there. Robot Man, uh, Robot Man has yeah, his, yeah. Uh, his his think group or uh, support group is what you should say. Right, right. right. You know. and, and, and this is really the biggest challenge for all, all, the, all the heroes here is, is coming to terms with themselves. Right. That, that's a, everybody's dealt with some kind of trauma. And like you were saying before, they're not all, they didn't start as good people and they're all coming to grips with what their new realities are. And, you know, for some of them, it's, it's pretty devastating. I mean, like, like you mentioned before, Larry Trainer basically abandoned his family and, uh, you know, me- mentally how that affected his family, right? To the point where and, and, his... And, it, and, and didn't take his, his, his lover seriously either. The relationship right. was, he was, he was just like window dressing to yeah, and and they 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 suffer these terrible things, especially our trainer. He was tortured. He was just being tortured by the uh, what is it the the, the, the Bureau uh, of Normalcy? The Bureau of right. Normalcy. I think it's what it was called. Um, and and I think and I think I think Denzel's point here, um, I think is is really important. You know, um, about like you know for because you know um, you know fanboy fanboys and girls and otherwise. You know, have a you know. There's sometimes there's a lot of uh, you know, you know, there's a there's a kind of stigma and a stereotype that sometimes might be well deserved. That it's kind of like you know, I don't need any help with psychology stuff and blah blah blah. And people who are really really suffering, and our culture and are a lot of heroes. You know, like you know, uh, like these kind of 1980s action heroes. You know, who are like, I don't need that. I could solve every all my problems in my life can be solved with a gun. Right, Stallone and, and, and Schwarzenegger and, movies from from yeah, back in the right, day, right, right, and and you know lack of introspection, lack lack of self reflection, and you know I, you know again you know this is not a political podcast, but when you have uh, uh, a a uh, the leader of the free world saying I don't need a shrink, I'm fine, I'm the, the most stable genius, right? It's it's and there's people suffering out there who are suffering from mental illness and you get a show like this where people are really trying to kind of talk through their problems and it's you know maybe it, it maybe you know i don't need that message maybe because you know i i i, I like to think i'm conscious of that and i try to you know I, you know i'm always trying to work on myself in you know a number of ways but there's a lot of people in in you know the audience who who pick this up and you know need to hear that message need to see it's okay for our heroes yeah, I mean the they're pain. all they're all flawed, and you know they're they're dealing with 
their flaws, really. That, that That's what it is. I mean, Cyborg's been... And they can't punch their problems. They can't right. punch their problems, right? Like Cyborg, he was manipulated into thinking he killed his mother. So the weight of that and how you deal with that, you know, and the, the trauma that, that comes along with that and, and mentally how that wears on you. But didn't he kill his mother, though? It was He, he lashed out, right? He lashed out. It was a mis- accident. But right. No, but it was Mr. Nobody... Mr. Nobody tried to make him think that his father didn't care about it. Right. He he made up some stuff. He made up some video footage of his father that he flipped out. Yeah, you, you know, and now it, it, it all starts to blur, blend together because we watched 15 episodes in like a two-week span. Right, and, you right, know, right. It's 15 hours worth of TV that we watched really quickly. Um, and I love it at the that. end. Oh, my gosh. I love the 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 breaking of the fourth wall by... by uh, by Alan Tudyk's Mr. Nobody. Where oh, the like, monologue that he was giving at like, the, the last right, episode. right, we're done with this, all this character-driven bullshit for the last 13 episodes. <laughs> they want to finish with the villains. I'll shut down this streaming service. I'll, you yeah. know, I was like, yeah. He would, Alan Tudyk is great. I'm, I'm, I'm glad he's getting these kind of roles. He's great. And I, and I can't wait to see him as K2SO. And reprising his role as K2SO in the uh, Cassian Andor Disney Plus series. Yeah, e- even before that, though, I'm really hoping he shows up back in season two of this show. Yeah, yeah, he's trapped. He's trapped in the painting now. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, um, all right, but, T, let's, uh, let, let's get into the show. We haven't really talked much about the show. We've been doing um, a lot of a lot of other stuff. But um, but hi, you want to run through some highlights real quick? Like, what, what, um, all right, we're going full spoilers now, everybody. So Yeah, I... I, I I, I mean, there's just like I don't think again. I'm not going to say I don't think there's spoilers. You know I mean, what I mean? There, there's, what are there's, the spoilers? There's you know, plot. They get, there's an interdimensional inside intestine of a goat, or you know, like there, like every single time it's like ah, it's like a multi-dimensional thing. You just got to kind of follow the butterflies or something. Yeah, shit. Ba- basically. Like, yeah, that. Now here's <laughs> so you're 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 talking about season two, like one of the newer episodes. That was a really cool villain. What was his name? Red Jack, I think. Red um, Jack, right. Yeah, but he was only there for one episode. For Jack the Ripper, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he, you know, basically, like, there's no, what do you want to call it, time limit on this show? It basically runs the gamut of uh, from the beginning of time because Niles, quote unquote, wife was like a cave woman that he was trapped with, right? Like uh, Homo habilis or something. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, And he has a daughter. We haven't even talked about the daughter from the second season. She's great. So that, yeah. So that was part of the spoilers that I was gonna. Gonna gonna mention that yeah she she showed up yeah which you don't know Sorry. until the end that's basically what he's been trying to do we said is, spoilers is we said spoilers yeah yeah we we but said that, spoilers now Dorothy that character she's great the actress who's yeah. doing it I'm like I'm looking at is that is that actually a little girl playing that role or is it like an adult who's really small um, because the, she's hitting all those lines and she has this kind of great yeah wait I I looked it up before she's. She's she hasn't um done a lot of a lot of acting. This is like her second or third show. Yeah. Um, and she was born in two thousand. Okay, so she's twenty. She was born June twenty two thousand. Um, so yeah, so so she's twenty years old. But yeah, she looks like a a little kid. I I thought I would have thought she was younger than that for sure. And the makeup um, helps. Yeah, yeah. So since she's the daughter of a like we were saying like a cave woman, she has the face of kind of like um like a like a neanderthal human yeah, kind of like, like you know like lucy like lucy or something like that the um you know the uh right the human being or no, uh, not, not human like not uh, human being uh, i'm cave, not gonna look up cave skeleton exact, whatever it is yeah 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 right right yeah uh, you know proto-human species you know, Homo habilis, Homo 
put it. Um, so uh, yeah, and, and, and she's cool. got yeah. powers, T. She's got powers. I right, right. I think her she powers has are another creature, interdimensional creatures living inside her. So everything's interdimensional. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, and she could she could manifest the what they are. Like just by thinking about them, so she has this giant—I don't know what is it like a. So wolf? it's. I mean, I'm not at the part in season two where they really completely 100 percent explained it. So let's back because I'm I'm a, I'm, a, I'm an, like an episode and a half behind. I still have. Oh, okay. Like, well, uh, yeah. They, they, no, they they haven't I'm really in, explained I'm in, right it right now. I'm halfway through uh, the cabaret goers coming back and having the oh, okay. party at Doom Manor to try and revive Danny the Street. Okay. Yeah, so so that's all like the same thing. She, you know, just manifesting those the same thing that her mother was able to to create. Right, right. You know, and she, she she has, has giants, but she has more. Right. Yeah, they, they haven't really explained. And then she's super long lived as well, right? So every uh, we won't get into that because we won't talk about those spoilers. But um, but you know, it, it all has to do with like the, the the crux of this thing is like people who are long lived and how do you get there and how do you maintain that? Right. Yeah, but I I think the, the the best thing to do with this show is just talk about like the the characters, not necessarily like the episodes, because there there's yeah, a couple just, more I'm, interesting characters, like um, like the yeah, beard hunter. A... Oh, beard. <laughs> beard right, hunter. like that is the most. Uh, I said Danny the Street was the most bizarre character. The beard hunter is uh, the uh, beard hunter. The beard, beard hunter, hunter is one A. If Danny the Street is one, the beard hunter is one A. If you're queasy and are you know don't really like gross stuff i mean because this kind of grossed me out but the beard hunter essentially eats your hair and then he can track you that's basically right. what, and, what he does and he reads your mind and he gets your memories too he completely right yeah it's it's such a bizarre character it's like it's it's so off the walls i mean the entire show is off the walls my other favorite character Flex Mentalo. Flex Mentalo. man of muscle mystery i'm like oh it's gonna be just another strong guy no, Flex Metallo, he has little, like, you know, Tarzan shorts or whatever. He's there bare chest. He's completely ripped and built and everything like that. He He's a little bit of a little a handsome guy, but a little bit goofy looking, right? And then what yep. he can do, it's not his power isn't super strength. You'd think it'd be super strength, but he... he Flexes and gets into a pose like he's at a he's at a, a bodybuilding competition, yeah, like, like a, a Mister Mister Universe, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. They yeah, think of him there. posing on stage. Right, that's and basically then, what this character is doing. And then he goes and he could flex and make like weird stuff happen, like alter reality, like make a flower bloom or bend a tree yep. or create an, all of the residents of Danny the Street to be able to <laughs> orgasm at have, the same time. It's a family show. <laughs> Um, it is. Then, or like open up rifts and dimensions or do all this other stuff every time that character's on the screen I love it I love that character yeah when, when he first showed up I'm like oh, this this is too much even for this show I'm like he's he's kind of dumb but he's really not and uh, I'm, I'm kind of glad that, yeah. that it was something totally I don't different know, like, that actor who's doing it is just hitting that perfectly that completely kind of like kind a little bit like you know, uh, naive or innocent, yep. not the, you know, not the sharpest tool in the shed, but he's able to do all these things. And, and you know what? The, the idea is like, we could talk about plot lines. None of them matter. None of the plot no. lines matter because it's like Mr. Nobody says it's character driven and you got to get it. You got to get, if you don't like Doom Patrol, that first episode, and I was like, I don't know. It's, it's like all this stuff is happening. It's kind of like, it's a hot mess. 
This show is a hot mess. But Deliberately, intentionally. In yeah. And it's, it revels in it. Right. And yeah, the the weird I feel like the weirder it gets, the better it gets. Like I I was trying to say before, the first season ends with a giant roach and a giant mouse making evangelical out in the middle of the street. Cockroach, the side, an evangelical okay. cockroach. Right, if you want to get technical, yes. <laughs> if you want to get technical about it, yes. But essentially that's where you're at with this show. And it's just it's off the wall. It really isn't. And it, it's it's off the wall in and the best the, way. The, the, the evangelical cockroach starts making out with the rat the same size. And yep. they're French kissing, and then they have to jump from tongue to tongue. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so I will say this, though, T. See, season two, I think, is suffering from a lack of a villain. I think it's build up. I, I think they're building up to something. I think they're building up to something. Yeah, I mean, you had two already, right? You had because Mr. The Time. Story, the the, the storyline is and you know all the spoilers in the world um is one of dorothy's first creature beings that are inside of her continues to ask for her to make that wish right he's there in the back it's kind of like right some kind of the emperor trying to like like uh tell you to do something you know so that i think i think it's a really good build-up I don't think I don't think uh, Red Jack is dead at all. I I don't know, but but see, here's the thing: because they show him stabbing him, and he's like liking it. He's an interdimensional being. What's a knife going to do? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they they kind of leave that open. But here's my thing: there's only four more episodes left. You know what I mean? The first season had four more episodes left. The first season had fifteen episodes. This season is only nine. So I mean, you're like it's it's all going to be Dorothy. It's all going to be Dorothy. I mean, I, I th- you haven't seen the, the last episode, so I don't want to go into anything. Um, okay, but okay. yeah, I mean, I, I imagine, you know, they're going to have to start building towards something because it can't just be they're all pissed at the chief, right? Because of he had hands and like we were saying before in everybody's origin story. So they're all kind of mad at him. What, what are you going to do? Just be mad at him for the whole season? Or are you going to build towards something, cause some kind of conflict either with the team or somebody else i don't know i mean it, it all depends on if mr nobody comes back like i think he will i think mr nobody's gonna yeah i i don't really have a problem with it because again i'm sure there's a villain gonna come there's been a couple of villains already they're just they just you know they're they're like monster of the week kind of thing like you know we, I, I was saying before mr time the, the giant clock head i mean that that was interesting and the next that thing was you know, season two gone. or season one that was season two or that season was season two yeah that was i think the second right, episode right, right. the clock and the clock eye, oh, yeah, that's right, because she stretches and pulls his brain out and stuff like that. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, it, there's that. And then like, we were talking about Red Jack before, but there hasn't been any others since since that point. So I, I, th- I think, I, I think you know, in a couple of episodes, things, the stakes will raise and stuff like that. They just wanted to reset from from the, the big conclusion of last year, like, and uh, the cliffhanger, the kind of cliffhanger that they had. You know, reestablish the status quo, and I think what they're doing is really developing Dorothy, because the big the big through line is Dorothy, and yeah, those creatures inside of her. Yeah, I think you're which right. Which is going to be the big thing. But you know what? I'm okay with an episode with Cliff Steele trying to be in contact with his daughter. I'm no, that's okay. really good stuff. I, I, you, you know, know, with with the new the new storyline for Crazy Jane where Jane 
is, you know, and Jane isn't the original cat, original personality. That's a, we won't get into that, but you know, Jane's not her original personality, but that she's taking drugs and then all of her other personalities are like, yo, you got to stop. And they're doing the intervention. Yeah. I, you know, I like it. I was really like, I was like, Oh, Larry Trainer, That's right. He has to go see his children. He hasn't seen his children. Right. So he's going to, he's going to see his children. And, and like, I like those, all those personality things because it's a character driven show. I don't really need to see them fighting somebody punching out people. It's much, it's, you know, it's much more Rocky horror picture show than whatever it's villain of the week punching, you know, Kung Fu, like Daredevil season one. Yeah, you know, right? I, I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, that, know, that's true. We gotta, I, break, we gotta, we gotta stop crime on the streets. It's not really that. They're just kind of, <laughs> yeah, no, like, it's not that. And now that I'm thinking about it, they didn't really have like Mr. Nobody in the whole season for season one. There were episodes where he wasn't even around. So yeah, I, you know, I I can see that that side of it too. I I guess I I just I'm not sure totally what they're building towards. Like, I guess to your point, it's going to revolve around Dorothy. I, I that think that's wish. Their, she's going to make right the assumption. wish. She's going to make right. the wish, and it all everything's going to fall apart. Yeah, I, I I think you're right. But you know what? And and again, you know, it's this kind of thing with our show. I I want to you know, we both want to talk about shows we like. And you know what? I'm glad I watched this. I really like it. It has, you know, it has some, you know, it's based on a comic book that has a lot of history. You know, Robot Man is a very, you know, famous DC character. And, uh, for, you know, for those in the know. And um, and I think they're doing a really good job. I think um, uh, what they do with you know, people who are outsiders, the LGBTQ community, you know, I said what I think, said about, like, I think they get up with diversity. Terms of racial diversity, but um, I think that it's a really good show, and it's it's worth it. Just you know, go, you know, just go in, just like because they'll do a whole episode. It's just like, it's like a musical number. You know, they'll spend like yeah. they'll stop the episode, half you know, so twenty minutes in, and, and then they'll yeah. Ten, yeah, they'll do ten minutes of just song and dance, right? Yeah, which I love. You know, I mean, I'll tell you what though, this show definitely made me want to go check out the other shows at a DC app. Like Titans and and I mean we like I said before we were, we've been talking about Swamp Thing forever but I'm definitely more interested now if they're they're all the production value and all that kind of stuff is the same as this show. It's like this. It's like yeah. this, and, you know, and right. not the the Arrowverse shows. I, I, I have no interest in the Arrowverse shows. It's like a CW show. I might as well be watching like what's uh, it's, it's CW just too many show. of them. It's too big. It's like time what, like something like Pretty Little Liars or something like that. You know, <laughs> is that a CW show? I don't even know. I just say yeah, that yeah, because I, my, some of my students are like, oh, I like Pretty Little Lives. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> 90210 or whatever. You know, pick, pick your pick. I don't know. This is different. This is different. This is not like those, the Arrowverse shows. This is, this has, this has like, you know, there's cursing and, you know, occasional, I guess, occasional nudity, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not a kid show at all. No, 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 no. I mean, well, you could probably get away with a lot, but I guess it's too scary. Yeah, but there, there's a lot of there's a lot of cursing in it, and I mean it's a lot a of lot, a lot of a lot of, a lot of cursing, yeah. and then there's a lot of like heavy violence. But the, the the violence isn't there a lot. It happens like when the violence comes, it happens like it's 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 brutal. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they did a great job. I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to it, and you know I'm gonna you know watch these shows as the season comes out, and it's great. And I love Danny. I hope uh, you know I love Danny the Street. And all his denizens of Danny the Street, I, I like it. I want to go hang out. I want to go visit Danny the Street. I want to go to that cabaret. Yeah, and hang go out have a go have a drink, right? Right, yeah. Let your freak flag fly. 
For sure. For sure. All right. I guess that that's it, right, Tita? That's a wrap on Doom Patrol. Yeah, that's a wrap on Doom Patrol. All right, folks. So what it is now, we're going to drop our first of three, our first of three questions. So this is going to be in this episode, we'll have one question. The next episode we'll have another question. The next episode we'll have another question. That's right. And the first person to answer all three. And what are the platforms that they're going to have to answer? Tell yeah, them the, so, your your your. Sort of okay, so so this is what we're going to do. So we we have a, a shadow box that was donated to us by Shadow Boxes by James. Who, uh, shadow Boxes by James dot com. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, so he he was kind enough to make us a not all pods uh, shadow box. So we're gonna give it away to a listener. If you listen to last episode, I think we told you to, to follow us on Twitter. So that's that's rule number one. You have to follow us on Twitter, right? We're gonna put it there. One, you have to follow us on Twitter. Two, you have to follow us on Instagram, right? All right, yeah. Let, let's change the rules. Go ahead, T. Is it? Do we have Do we have an Instagram? Yeah, yeah. Twitter and Instagram. Follow us on both. Um, we're gonna post Twitter the question. Actually, should we post the question on Twitter or should we just ask it here and just have a... Uh, we're, we're just asking uh, here. We're not putting put on, put on Twitter. Here's a question. Okay. All right. We're, we're not going to put it on Twitter. Twitter. You're going to... We're going to ask you here and then you, you uh, message us your response. But go check out Shadow Boxes by Jeff. Because that, you know what, man? I, that, that great Shadow Box that, you, you know, that your boys got for Roni. When, when we got a cape, it's like, that's not yours. It's for our place, huh? <laughs> All right, maybe I have the boys. I have the boys send you when your birthday's coming up. All right, wait, we're we're keeping the people in suspense long enough. T. So yeah, so uh, message us the, the response on Twitter. This way we can keep track of who actually responds correctly first, um, yeah. because it, it all depends on the second and third question who actually answers it correctly. And you have uh, to first. get all three. The first person to get all three correct. Right. Now, the question is going to be something that we talked about earlier in the episode. You can also go look up the answer online. We, we don't care. As long as you get the right answer, you're good. So, T, we're going to go with... Okay, here's uh, the question. Here's the question. Go ahead. Who was the villain they were facing off against in the first appearance of Doom Patrol in issue 80 of My Greatest Adventure? All right, That's there you go. There you go. And then you and what, did done. we say what they win? Did we say that? Did you just say what we? Yeah, win? they're, they're going to get the shadow box. They're, they're going to get the shadow box. Custom, they're, they're not all custom, custom, not all podcast wear capes shadow box. It's beautiful. I want it myself. It's on Insta- It's on Instagram now. You know, you can go check out the actual shadow box that we're giving oh, away right, on right. our on our feed. Can we can we send a picture on? Do we have it on uh, Twitter yet? Uh, I can post it on Twitter. I'll post it on Twitter. Actually, by the time this goes out, it'll be on, it'll be on Twitter for sure. Can I win it? No, I you're know the answer to the question. I'm not. I'm ineligible. I'm invalid. You're ineligible. You're ineligible. 3.0 is ineligible. <laughs> Ariani is ineligible. <laughs> ineligible. Don't say invalid. Ineligible. <laughs> and all our thaumaturge people, don't 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 sweep in and do this. We gotta, you know, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get our listeners out there. All right, that's exciting. It's exciting. Thanks for listening, everybody. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NotAllPods. Visit us on our website at NotAllPodcastWearCapes.com. And send us an email, NotAllPods at gmail.com. 
Also subscribe and listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Not All Podcasts Wear Capes is a Thaumaturge Wonderworks production. This issue was edited by Andre 3.0 Marks.